Hello and welcome back to the TTP, Titani Talks Parsha, this year where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. We are in Parsha's Vayetze now, talking about going out, going a little bit outside your comfort zone, a little bit outside your realm of what you feel complacent in. The Parsha starts off with us. A lot of times I like looking at the first words like we did last week in Toldos. We look at the word right in the beginning of the Parsha, what gives us the name of the Parsha, and sometimes it keys us in to teaching us something. The Parsha starts off in Chavchet Yud, Vayetze Yaakov Mibe'er Shava Vayelech Yaakov is sent away from his home, obviously under the pretext of finding a wife. Rivka says, I'm disgusted on behalf of the daughters of the Chittites. Esav kept marrying these women that were not right, not good lineage, not good to me. He pretended to get another one from Yishmael's family, but whatever. So Rivka gives the pretext to Yitzchak that Yaakov needs to go get a wife, a right wife. Really, it's to save his life because Esav was furious that Yaakov took the blessings away under the guidance of his mother, wearing the garment, but talking in a different way. And he got those blessings. Esau wants to kill Yaakov. Rivka says, go away, come back when his wrath subsides. We obviously know that he never makes it back. Rivka dies. And over the years, they have the reunion later on, much later on. But in any case, she doesn't know this at the time. And technically, one explanation is that she actually, she says, don't let me be bereft of you on the same day. It turns out they actually were buried on the same day. When Yaakov was brought for burial, Esau was making a commotion. And uh, Naftali runs to get the bill of sale that shows, the commentators point out, that shows that Yaakov is the legal rightful heir to be in Me'aratamach Pelam. And Chushim, I believe, the son of Don, was furious at what was going on, at the affront to the dignity and the honor of Yaakov, that this holy, holy person should be dead and waiting to be buried while Esav is making a commotion. He takes a sword, he rises up, and he kills his uncle. Chushim, who couldn't hear anything. He was deaf, I believe, and he himself stood up and rose up. But that's neither here nor there. That's a different aspect, a different story. But here, Yaakov is literally all alone. Yaakov is sent on the way. We know he's going to meet the Malachim in the dream. He finds that place of the of the special mountain where we believe it's going to be that the base of Major is going to be. He sees the angels going up and down. He knows it's a special place. There was 12 stones, the commentaries point out, and it turned into one stone. Yaakov is all alone, and he comes to meet Rivka and Leah. He doesn't have any possessions with him. The commentators, I believe Rashi points out, where was all of Yaakov's stuff? You don't think he came with food? He came with drink? He came with gifts, just like Eliezer did for Rivka? But I think Rashi, maybe, or the commentators point out, Eliphaz, Esav's son, was dispatched by Esav to kill Yaakov. Yaakov said to him, please, you're my nephew. You grow up on my knee, maybe. I don't know. You are going to kill me. You can't kill me. Listen, Please don't kill me. I'll tell you something. There are four people who are considered as if they are dead, the Talmud points out. Obviously, the Talmud wasn't around yet. One of them is uh, a person who has leprosy. One of them is a person who is blind, I think. One of them is a person that uh, doesn't have children. Lolina, we should know from things. One of them is, is someone who's sick, maybe, or someone, someone who's in jail. I don't know. And the last one is someone who is poor. So Yaakov says to Eliphaz, according to the Medjush or the commentators, take my stuff, let me be a poor person, and you'll be fulfilling your kivit of, you'll be fulfilling the honors of the wishes of your father. Leave me be. It says, if I'm dead. 
So I believe Eliphaz did that. He took all his stuff. He robbed his own uncle of all of his possessions. Yaakov comes barren of any gifts. Lavan comes out to greet him, you know, hugging him, kissing him, probably feeling around to see if he has any jewelry. Maybe it's hiding in his clothing. Maybe it's hiding in his who knows what in his, and on himself, on his purse. Nothing. Yaakov has nothing. Yaakov literally has nothing. Yaakov is all Alone, we know that Yaakov goes on the way, and he actually learns in the Shiva Shemva Aver also for fourteen years, I believe, and he's faulted for only twenty-two years. Even though he's away officially about thirty-six years, fourteen of those he was with uh, Shemva Aver, excuse me, learning, which is not faulted. And then twenty-two years, corresponding to the twenty-two years that Yosef is lost from him, Meda Kenegad Meda, the commentators point out. He is faulted for not coming back to Yitzchak and Rivka to come back. So 22 years, he works for he works for Rachel, he works for Leah, excuse me, from before. And then he builds up his family. He comes and he finally leaves later on in the parsha with 11 children. Benjamin obviously being born later when he's on the way to Israel. One of the commentators explaining that he had to have Rachel die because he can't be married to two sisters in Israel. Maybe the Ramban points that out. How could Yaakov be married to two sisters? So one explanation. Outside the land of Israel is not the same as in the land of Israel. But anyway, the point is Yaakov himself is leaving everything he knew at this point. How old is Yaakov at this point? Very good question. I'm not sure. I do know when it's time for him to 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 marry Rachel or Leah. He tells Lavan, I'm already an older man. I want to get the show on the road. He might have been 80 already by then. So maybe here he's already 60 or so. Well on in years for, for our calculations, obviously the Avos had a different type of existence. He's all by himself for all these years. He was in, he was in Yitzchak's presence. He was in, he was in Rivka's presence. Now he's all alone on the way. Hashem does give him Kvitsas Adarach, the commentators point out. How did he make it to Lavan's house so quickly? Maybe only a three-day journey when it should have been weeks. Hashem kind of folded up Israel under... Yaakov, and Yaakov's other name happens to be Israel, which is interesting. Israel, we learn later on when he's fighting with the angel of Esau, he, he gets a new name, Israel. But Yaakov is literally going out from everything he knows and going to something he doesn't know. He's going to have to deal with a trickster, a very big trickster who changes his wage a hundred times, steals the wrong woman for him on the night of the wedding, even though he had the signs for Rachel. Rachel gave it to Leah so she wouldn't be humiliated and embarrassed. Then he works another week for Rachel marries her and then has another seven years of working. Very difficult existence. He had to go out of what he needed to have grown up with. He basically had to go out of his comforts. Out of comfort. He had to go out of his comfort zone. It's kind of a lesson for us. A lot of times we want to be very complacent. We want to stay with what we know, with what we do, with what we're used to. Sometimes we don't want to get up and move, not even physical locations, not talking about moving houses or communities. We should be Zohar to only Galiyah, Mashiach, and the basement should come soon. That, of course, is a major going out of your comfort. But sometimes we don't want to go out of our comfort even a little bit. They ask you to do the presentation at work. That's not your comfort zone. You're not a, you're not a public speaker. You don't want to do that. They ask you to spearhead this chesed initiative. I don't want to do that. It's not my comfort zone. I don't know what I'm doing. You reach out. You. They ask you to write an article. They ask you to give a share. I don't know. That's not me. I'm not comfortable. I'm not a public person. I'm not an extrovert. I can't do this. They ask you to host a shir. They ask you to host a malava malka. They ask you to host a shalashudas. They ask you to host this or that. Sometimes we feel like it's not in our comfort zone. Sometimes we feel like it's out of our comfort zone, but we should learn from Yaakov. Yaakov, maybe Ershava, Vayel, He literally had to go out from his 
comfort zone all by himself. The lessons of Shem Ve'ever trying to help him work in the practical world, work and live in the practical real world. Sometimes we, we study in school, we study in Yeshiva, we study in seminary, we study in college, and then we come to the real life. And how do we face the real life? The real test is not when you're in the Yeshiva four walls surrounding you. The real test is not when you're in the base medrash without any real life situations or any real life difficulties or challenges. When you leave those four walls, that's really going out of your comfort zone. That's really what's challenging. That's really what's difficult. That's why Perkelis teaches us Lilmod Lamed Lishmar So someone who really wants to give over, they can't just learn to learn or learn to teach. They have to learn in order to want to learn, to want to teach, to want to give over, want to do, and want to practice. Practicing what we preach, practicing what we study, that's the real essence of the Torah. So many commandments, we have 613, 613. So many of them deal with practical, real-life things. Someone who's in the study hall, when's he ever going to use Evan Ezra in real life having to worry about Yichah problems? When's he ever going to use Shechita having to worry about real slaughter difficulties? How, where's he ever going to learn about you know, Basar Bachalov if he never steps foot in the kitchen? Where's he going to learn about having proper weights and measures if he never steps foot into a business in his entire life? Yaakov teaches us sometimes, oftentimes, very practically, you need to step out of your comfort zone. He was in the comfort of his parents' home for many, many years. He was in the pa- the comfort of Shemva Aver learning. The, and that's why he might have gone to Shemva Aver. They were people who lived in the existence. Some people saying that Shemva Aver were personalities going all the way back to Noah's time, maybe Noah's son. They dealt with a very difficult existence. Practically, the whole world was was washed up. The whole world was gone. They had to restart the entire society. Who better to learn from than those kind of people? People that were involved in the real-life world, the real-life application. That's probably why he learned an extra 14 years. Yitzchak was probably a fantastic teacher. Why do you need to learn another 14 years? Because that yeshiva is a different type of yeshiva. Yitzchak was at home. He was a perfect carbon. He never left Eretz Yisrael. Shane Ve'ever were different types of personalities. I don't remember which one was which or who they represented, but I remember reading once that they were personalities that dealt with the world outside of the home that Yitzchak gave for Yaakov. That's why he needed to go to that yeshiva. Yaakov had to step out of his comfort zone, learning from his father to learn in a different yeshiva, and then he fully stepped out of his comfort zone, learning how to deal with Lavan, and then how to deal with not one, not two, not three, but four wives, all sister wives. Some say that Bill and Zilpah were like step daughters to Lavan, other types of daughters from a different wife, and even... Uh, Rachel and Leah might not have been full sisters, they might have been half-sisters, but even so, four wives, you know, is a lot, a lot, a lot to juggle. All of us should be zochot to have our one true wife, our true Ziva Garchubashir, but Yaakov is the one that had to deal with four different wives and 12 different children. That's a lot of human people, and we forget that the Avos are real people, real human people. Other cultures, other societies, they paint the people in their history as larger than life, not real people. These are people that we read about in the Torah because we're supposed to relate to them. We're supposed to learn from them. They were actually humans with beating hearts and breathing lungs, even though it was many, many years ago. They had to deal with these things. They had to be involved in these different things. And Yaakov has to deal 22 years plus 14 years, really 36 years away from his home, out of his comfort zone, out of his zone of what he knew for all those years. Out of what was comfortable for him, out of what was usual for him. The question is, how could we learn from Yaakov? How could we learn from him? He had to deal with, you know, this the, the children fighting we'll see later on when Yosef is the be- most beloved child. 
He had to deal with the Dudaim incident and the Shechem incident. Lots of very difficult stories Yaakov had in his own life. Lots of difficulties. A brother that hated him. You know, a, a difficult father-in-law, to say the least, who also was his, uh, his uncle, really. Difficult children situations. Losing his son for 22 years. Being in a perpetual state of sadness. Dealing with famine and hunger. And so much difficulty. Yaakov, for so much of his life, was out of his comfort zone. And it starts right here from this passage. Vayetze Yaakov. Yaakov went out. Yaakov left his comfort zone. Yaakov left his comfortable existence. How can we learn from Yaakov? How can we leave our comfortable existence? Sometimes people are coddled, people are babied, people are over overspoiled in their own homes. They don't know how to deal with the rest of the world. They don't have to deal with the people. They don't learn how to deal with the late gratification or how to work for things or how to have patience for different things. When things are handed to you on a golden spoon, you don't have to work for it. You don't have to learn for it or earn for it. How are you going to deal with life as a, as a practical, functioning human person? How are you going to deal with your wife? How are you going to deal with your children? And if it's a girl, how are you going to deal with your husband or your children? If everything is spoiled for you, if everything's given to you like the Queen of Sheba or like the King of Persia, how are you going to be able to do with things? Sometimes you have to go out of your comfort. Yeah, I might not like to do the dishes. Yeah, I might not like to cook. Yeah, I might not like to do gardening. I personally don't. Yeah, I might not be able to do this, that, or the other thing. But yeah, let's step out of your comfort zone, especially to help your wife, especially to help the husband, especially to help your children. you got to go out of your comfort zone a little bit. And who better to learn from than from Yaakov himself? Yaakov was sent away from everything he knew. Yaakov left everything he ever knew to deal with a totally new existence in a totally new land literally by himself, contending with evil forces of Lavan, contending with difficult relationships of his wives. We don't even hear much about Bill and Zuppa. You know, they're like shoved under the rug as part of the story, but they themselves had two children each, altogether 12 children, Leah having six kids, and then each of the other wives having two, and then, of course, Dina. Some say there were twin sisters born with each child. That's how they, they might have got married. Uh, we don't know really, but some commentators say. But that's a lot, a lot of people to deal with. And this was a totally new existence on all levels that Yaakov teaches us. So in your own life, in our own lives, how can we sometimes step out of our comfortable existence? We just learned on the TTPA in Perak Bet, in the Pirke Avos, we just learned that Hillel teaches us one of the many, one of the most beautiful phrases, one of the most amazing phrases in the entire Pirke Avos that I love. And and this is a phrase that many people live by. I know my dad, Allah Shalom, lived by this phrase. We have it on his tombstone also. But this is a phrase that we shall live by. We just talked about it on the Mishnah show, Perkei show. When there are no leaders, when there are no people to innovate, when there are no people to stand up, you need to stand up. You need to get out of your comfort zone. You need to help out when there's no one left. If there's no one there to dive, and you need to do so. If there's no one there to lane, if there's no one there to help set things up, if there's no one there to host things, you need to be the one that steps it up. You need to be the one that does it. A couple of months ago, we had a, uh, an inaugural event for the new members of one of the shuls that we're members of. 
who was going to get things done? There are three ladies on the committee, but nothing was getting done. So I stepped in and I had to help get things done. I had to call this place and figure out what we're going to do for that and figure out what we're going to do for that. How are we going to get this thing? Who's going to set it up? Sometimes when no one is there to do things, I'm not a leader in any which way, form, or fashion. Sometimes you have to step up and do it. It's not comfortable for me to do a woman's event, but if it's difficult for them, I'll step up and do it. Who's on the cooking team? There's all these ladies and me. Why? Because in our home, I do the cooking, and I want to be involved in giving meals to people. We haven't been called on in a long time, but sometimes we need to step up and do. And that's also why I started all these shows. I felt like there was a lack of these things I wanted to bring to the world. Thanks to Hashem putting it in my mind. And that was me stepping up. Because sometimes, what can you do to be that ish? What can you do to be like Yaakov, to step out of your comfort zone? say. Going out of the comfortable existence. Yeah, I go to work, I come home, and that's it. I go to work, I come home. What are you going to do? Step out of that routine. Step out of those habits. Step out of those roles and help your town, help your community, contribute to the community a little bit. That's the idea that we're so into lending things to people, to lending to lending books, excuse me, or items, or clothing or food, whatever people need, you know, it might not be so comfortable to want to lend these things. We'll never know if we get it back. When we get it back, I'm willing we'll get it back. But that's stepping out of the comfort to help the community. Yeah, I don't want to cook for people. I'm tired. I'm overworked. Nope. Step out of your comfort. Do it. Cook for people. Send food to people. Send clothing to people. Send toys to people. Do what you can. Step out of your comfortable existence. Learn from Yaakov to step out, to leave the comfort to go and do what you can for others. That's the idea of a lot of people making Aliyah. They realize we're going to have to leave a lot of comfort behind. Not many people have a house in Israel. If they do, it's an attached house. And most people don't. They have an apartment. Leaving the comforts behind, the materialism behind, having a different type of existence, a different type, different type of leave, a living. Stepping out of the comfort to do that. And we should be Zohar. I and my family should be Zohar one day. And we all of us should be Zohar. That Mashiach and the base of should come. We should learn from Yaakov to step out of comfort. Leaving that comfort, out of the comfort in your life to deal with the world around us, how you can help people around us, how you can deal with people around us, how you can involve yourself to help in a good way the people around us through doing mitzvahs, chesed, and Torah learning. Just like Yaakov teaches, Vayetze Yaakov, you too should step out and help all of those around you. Join us next time as we talk the TTP, where we talk some practical lessons of the week from the Parsha of the Week for those practical lessons to keep. And I'm your host, Tani.